Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman joining you on a Thursday morning. We are very glad to be with you as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever that is at supertalk.fm or however you get your podcast. Or if you're hollering at Alexa early in the morning to put me and Joel's dulcet tones, we should be the alarm clock. We should, you know. Imagine if, imagine this. Ready? ready. I'm going to give you a point. I'm going to point at you. You know what to do when I point. You know what to do. Okay. 629 and 58, 59, 630. Woo! That would wake you up. No doubt. I'd go. I'd go. I'd, quite frankly, I need to record that. Make it my own yeah. alarm clock. Yeah, gets me pumped. I'm down. And uh, you know, if you know, like you could set like my voice, and it's you know, if you know tomorrow, yeah, you got a meeting with somebody you don't want to talk to or something. To, wake up! It's gonna be a putrid day. <laughs> oh, me. There, there's at least one person though. Oh, yeah. That does not want my woo to wake them up. Who is that? And it's someone that. And, and we thank you, by the way. Mm-hmm. He, he he left, and I say he, could be a she, left us a five-star review. Five-star! Five star on iTunes. And by but, the way, by the way, before I get into this, we want all of you to go to iTunes, review us, give us five, five stars. stars. Uh, help help boost us up those iTunes charts. But. But. He gave us the five-star, but he did what we said. Give us five-star and then critical. kill us. He uh, killed us. And uh, he didn't kill you. He loves you. Woo! There you go. Uh, does, he, does he not like the woo? And maybe I should take the woo back. Maybe. I don't know. But, and, and again, could be a she. Okay. says that not trashing Joel, mm-hmm. but his high-pitched voice can get away from him sometimes. And the same could be said about Bob. Hashtag just thunder. He likes the show better when it's just you. Well, brother, I can't make that happen. It's got to it's gotta be, i got to have the yin to the yang. i got to have that, that, that partner. But he also, you despite got it, the fact that you, I'm on it, gave us five, five stars. stars. you got to have your partner. Your partner goes where you go. Wherever I go, Joel goes with me. Well, that in, in sounds all like a, circumstances. That sounds like an outstanding idea, Brian, because I'm just arrived back in Starkville from Columbus. Yeah. Where uh, I have just been informed that I must pay $1,300 to fix my truck. Didn't see you there with me helping pay that bill. Hey, hey, I didn't say I had to help where I pay, you pay. I said, where you, if you had said, hey, let's go, I'd have gone. I didn't know okay. you were going, though. $1,300, man. $1,300. It's a sucks. crappy day. I just bought a, I just had to buy an air conditioner last month. $4,300. Oh, God. Oh. Plus, oh. let's not talk about how much the cat cost. Oh, yeah. Didn't right. about that. Yeah. At least, at least you still can drive the truck. The cat's gone. But they got me on the yeah. way out with the bill. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. $1,300. That's tough. Hey, you know, when they... Here's what I don't understand. Maybe we got some mechanics out there. Shoot me a tweet. You say, uh, this is going to... It's going to be 10 hours of work. How come you tell me that, like, you know, how come you don't give me, like, this is going to be maximum 10 hours, you know? Right. How come you're already going to say this is going to be 10 hours? Like, you might get under it and be like, oh, this didn't take as long as I thought, and it'll only take you five hours. Because I get money for the 10 hours. I know. You're ripping me off, folks. Ripping. That's why I always say about, you know, this is a philosophical discussion. We're going way off topic here, but, like, college isn't for everybody. It wasn't for me, to be totally honest. You like, did art with yourself. I, I'm doing okay, but my college education had nothing to do with it. So, like, don't be ashamed or afraid or ever of thinking maybe I should just be a mechanic. Those guys make great money. Yep. Plumbers, laborers Plumbers. make great money. And, and, he, and you're talking about yeah, learn a trade. I mean, when, I, I, when you're working that that hour of work as a plumber sucks. That's that's, that's the worst. It's 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 a it's a crappy job. Literally. You could say quite literally. But hundred bucks for an hour of work. 
buddy, that's good. That's good. Their lawyer's not making that, I promise you. And they're eighty thousand dollars in student yeah. loan debt. So electricians, heat and air, yeah. air conditioning folks. I mean, there is no shame in I, learning a trade. I always tell my kids this is like, you know, if somebody has a job, respect them. Respect if you're working, I have respect for you. I don't care where you work, McDonald's, you're digging ditches. If you're out there pulling in a paycheck, buddy, you have my respect. Amen. All right. I don't, and I, I, I will, I do not allow my children to ever say anything about somebody, you know, doing a job. If they're working, you respect them, in my opinion. Unless they work at Ole Miss, then, then you can, you don't have to. What if you work at a school? Okay. Did we have a discussion yesterday? What if you work at a school and you care so much about your job that even if you're relegated to, let's say, a hospital bed, mm-hmm. you still show up to work? <laughs> or even better, if you have to be the guy who talks about how courageous he is. <laughs> There's no, I haven't gotten that audio clip out. I need to record. I need to cut that out, and I, I may make like a meme out of that and like tag freeze in it on Twitter. And be like, here's what Starville Daily News reporter Joel T. Coleman had to say about Hugh Freeze. <laughs> How funny would that be? He'd retweet it. It'd be even funnier if Liberty called and offered me a job. Would you stay on the podcast if they hit the six figure number that we discussed that uh-huh. that would take? Yeah, I might be with the Flames, man. Well, I man, you can still do the podcast though. Yeah, I may have to do it on Skype. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll Skype it. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, let's actually get into what we're going to talk about today, which is USM. Luke Johnson will join us just a little bit. Uh, but the the Golden Eagles, this is a this is a really good defensive football team, you know. And as much as State's reputation through the years has been built on defense, so is Southern. You're know, going back to the '80s and the nasty bunch in Asty. Last year, giving up less than 20 points per game, uh, giving up just under. Let me, where's that number at? I just I. If there's anything more annoying than that, giving up under 300 yards a game, 278 yards total, total offense, really, really solid. Uh, they picked off 14 passes, gave up. They they allowed fewer touchdown passes than they picked off passes. That's that's always a, a good stat for me. Only allowed 3.4 yards per carry. Southern's defense is very, very good. And along with State, two of the longest streaks in the country have given up <coughs> 28 points or less in a game. 28 games combined. State at 15. And uh, Southern at 13, I believe, for less than 30 points per game. I think that streak might come to an end for USM on, on Saturday, but but it, it might not. You know, this is like I said, this is a good defense. State's offense. The word I would use is is emerging. Is that is that a good term that you know we feel like the pieces are in place and it looks like Stevens is the guy to sort of drive the car. This is the key matchup, right? This is State's offense versus Southern's defense because State's defense has a lot of questions. So does Southern's offense. That, that may cancel each other out. This is where the game is won or, won or lost for Mississippi State is their ability to move the football on what is, I think Coach Moore had described him as a salty defense. Yeah, here's where you really feel like if Tommy Stevens can come out of this game and he's got a 60-plus percent completion percentage again, throws for another couple hundred, 250, something like that, two or three touchdowns. If he comes out of this game looking – as well as you know, as good as he did a week ago, that means something. Um, look, that's not Alabama on the other side. I get that. There will be tougher tests to come, but for an early season matchup, uh, this is what you want. You, you want one of these non-conference games that you you are the better team, but it gives you one heck of a test. And you just kind of ran down some of the numbers. This Southern Miss defense is a humongous test. It is it is the biggest. I mean, I know it's game two, but it is the biggest test that they've seen so far and 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 it will be i guess what the biggest test they'll see until kentucky at least well, and yeah. maybe auburn yeah 
I mean, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know how, how stout Kentucky will be defensively this year. So, I mean, th- this in the first quarter of your season is the defensive test. So, if you come out of this game and and Stevens is looking good, and, and you know, I don't think Colin Hill will get twenty seven carries again. But if if he's getting the amount of touches that you know, let's say around twenty, and and he's hundred plus yards again, like if the offense is clicking this week, sit down, saddle up, it looks like a promising year. You know, I've been saying all along that I was going to judge Stevens after the first three games, but if he comes out and has another 60%-plus passing game against this defense, I think it's almost it starts fair to start assuming he's just good and this is the way it's going to be. Is that fair? Yeah, and I, I know that some of my followers on the Twitter kind of – actually, I say some, one of the followers on the Twitter think that I, I've already kind of jumped overboard a little bit with Tommy and thinks, thinks that people are. I kind of a little bit, and I know, look, I think – I know that Fitzgerald had a really good game against Lafayette a year ago too. So take it for what it what it, what it will. But I just felt like Tommy's looked different. I just I, I felt like he was completing those third and short passes, hitting guys as soon as they come out of routes, right in the hands, hitting them in the number. I mean, just everything about Tommy's passing to me looked different. It looked comfortable. It, 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 in, in in talking to the guys, you know, Moorhead, Tommy, several other guys, you know about his performance. Everybody praised his decision-making and, and said he made, you know, even on throws that he may not have made, some of his incompletions, he, he made the right reads by and large. You know, where, where to go with the football, he just missed on a, on a few. I mean, that's going to happen. You're not going to have a 100% completion percentage. It just is what it is. Um, I hate to jump to this conclusion, and, and I, I get it. There, there does need to be a bigger sampler size, a larger sampler size than one game. But... I'm not quite there yet, but after one game, I think Tommy Stevens is what the doctor ordered for this offense. And 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 look, if he does it against Southern, I will be a pretty close to 100 percent convinced that yeah. he 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 needed to be the I, guy. But, I'm, I'm definitely going to give it one more, a couple more games here. But yeah, he looked good in the first game. He looked like he looked like what I expected on the high expectation scale. 20 of 30. You know, I don't. I didn't. The the main thing that that struck me is he had a couple of misses. Did he have a bad throw? Did he have a throw where he forced it into coverage? Did he have a, a where he had an open receiver and made a dangerous throw? I mean, the one he, he missed, Osiris Mitchell, he missed it long. Nobody was going to get it. You know, we've seen too many guys miss that short, and that's how a free safety ends up picking it off. Uh, he didn't make what uh, what. There are two kinds of mistakes. There are mistakes that players and coaches see, and then there are mistakes that we can all see. Those are the worst kind. Yeah. I didn't see anything like that where I was just like, what is he doing? Well, he mentioned yesterday that he, he thought his biggest mistake was the turnover, mm-hmm. the the fumble. Right. Um, which which he said in postgame, he put it on him. He said, that was a protection check that I missed. I should have had another blocker there. I missed it, and that's what allowed the guy to come free. Yeah. Um, so the, the one mistake that in his mind – I don't want to say one mistake because he, he said that there, the, you know, there were a couple of throws he wish he could have had back. But the biggest mistake in his mind was something that really didn't have anything to do with his ability to, you know, throw the football kind of deal. I mean, it, he's got to pick up that protection and you know have a little awareness there that he may have some heat coming from the blind side. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm just saying that I guess it's encouraging when your quarterback's biggest flaw or biggest mistake of the day was something as. I mean, it's a big deal, but getting some protection on that side, you know, that that's that's encouraging. It, it wasn't, you know, 
anything to do with his not being able to locate the football or anything to do with making the wrong progressions or whatever. It was it was that one thing that I – look, I've never been a quarterback at the SEC level, but I think that's something that can be fixed and looked at and, and, and corrected. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's get a little bit more uh, talk about USM. Talk to Luke Johnson. He's the host of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk uh, Mississippi. Uh, he is also our USM correspondent down there for, uh, for Sports Talk Mississippi and a former Golden Eagle player, so he knows the inside scoop on USM. Let's talk to him right now. It's week two. It's Mississippi State versus Southern Mississippi. So Luke Johnson, Sports Talk Mississippi's USM correspondent and the host of the Eagle Hour at supertalk.fm back with us today to talk about the Golden Eagles. Took down Alcorn in week one. Just some first week thoughts. What did you see that you liked from the Golden Eagles? Uh, defense extremely fast, Brian. Up front, I was pleased with Terry Whittington, Torrance Brown. DQ Thomas at the nickel spot uh, had a nice game, couple tackles for loss. Eagles were able to flush uh, Noah Johnson, who's a pretty good FCS quarterback, uh, you know, and, and they created some turnovers. Uh, special teams was uh, amazing, two, two returns. Jalen Adams was just kind of a blur, uh, returning the ball. Uh, he had a punt return and a kickoff return. Andrew Stein, freshman kicker, he looked good. Uh, he, he had three easy kicks, but, you know, when you're dealing with kickers, that's probably the best thing to do is to, to get some easy kicks under their belt. Um, offensively, uh, the wide receivers played a lot better in the second half. Uh, some guys that had some early drops uh, came back and, and made some big plays. Neil McLaurin had a great catch. Uh, Jordan Mitchell, seven catches for 133 yards. And, uh, you know, some, some running backs, we can talk more about this in a minute, but some running backs were forced uh, into some more playing time because of the injury to Travinsky Mosley. D. Baker looked really good. Steven Anderson looked pretty good. Uh, but there was a couple other guys that came in the game later on um, that, that could will probably be forced into action this week because of the Mosley injury. Yeah, you mentioned that injury, and even on top of that, just USM did not run the ball pretty effectively against Alcorn. Is that something Mississippi State fans should be keying on this week? Can Southern be better in the running game? Um, you wonder, and I guess the answer to that is twofold. Number one, you wonder how much of the playbook they held back. At the same time, blocking, it doesn't matter what play you're running, the most basic or the most complex, you still have to block. Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, in some ways, not the whole reason but it was a it was a scheme that Alcorn was running when you got four wide out there and they bring six guys or seven guys then somebody's not going to you know be able to be blocked but on on a on a run at least uh it just seemed like they were just a, a day late dollar short on some of the efforts to block so yeah I think Mississippi State uh, in some ways is looking at that uh and and if Southern is unable to offset I told you guys yesterday uh, if Southern is unable to offset that, then they can just pin their ears back and come after Jack Abraham, who, although he scored a rushing touchdown Saturday, is, is not really known for being fleet of foot. He's a pocket passer. So Mississippi State, of course, looking at Southern's inability to run just 3.1 yards on the ground Saturday, um, and that should be probably where they attack first defensively. You mentioned the, the, the USM offensive line. It's, it's a good group, a veteran group, but it seems like they struggled on the other side, I think Mississippi State's defensive line struggled a, a good bit against Louisiana. They, they just were not effective against the run. Is, is it pretty simple to say that whoever wins this matchup is going to have a big advantage on, on Saturday? 
Yeah, if you're looking at Southern's offensive line versus State's defensive line on the, uh, that specifically, um, I don't think USM has to you know have a huge game run in the football. They just need to keep uh, State's you know blitzing and in, in, in check. So if you can, you know, if you can try to get three or four yards, uh, you know, a pop, you can set up play play action, um, and you can allow Abraham uh, to, you know, to be able to, to throw a little bit. He's going to be accurate. Uh, Southern Miss feels really good uh, about their receiving core, and I think they there's enough talent there they can get open on a few plays. Um, but if State's able to, to penetrate, you know, with four guys and just drop seven into coverage, it's going to be a long, long day for the Eagles. For for USM in this game, you know, I think whenever you're talking about potential upsets, getting points away from the offense is big. Southern had two return touchdowns on uh, on Saturday against Alcorn. Just sort of, you know, they've got an explosive guy back there. Tell us a little bit about him. Jalen Adams is an interesting guy. He's a redshirt sophomore. Um, he actually took a, a red shirt some last year uh, because he, he missed uh, about eight games because of an injury. He played as a true freshman. He was a first-team parade All-American out of Adamsville, Alabama. Uh, he was the Alabama uh, Offensive Player of the Year uh, in, in 6A and I think all across the state of Alabama in 2016. He's a guy that's extremely fast. He's probably one of the top three fastest guys on the entire roster. 5'10", 180, but plays a little bigger than that. Uh, last year when Southern Miss went to play Auburn, he was he just talked about how you know even Auburn didn't even give him a look. I think he was originally supposed to sign with Troy. That fell through, so Southern Miss gobbled him up. And uh, he was a blur on the field. Um, made one mistake in the passing game, uh, tipped the pass that led to an interception. But Adams is one of those guys. He can be a, you know he can be a, a game breaker. And I think Southern Miss. If not for a touchdown, they're going to have to get considerable, you know, return yardage in order uh, that they're not pinned back every time. And, and State works with a short field. And then defensively, you mentioned that USM defense really good a season ago. They looked good on on Saturday night. For for you, what's more important: pressuring Tommy Stevens and disrupting the MSU pass game, or slowing down Kylan Hill and the Bulldog rushing attack? Um, you just kind of wish you could do both. I don't think it, it's. I think. If you if you're able to limit Hill's breakouts, what did he average? Do you know what he averaged Set in game 7. one? Seven point three. Yeah, I mean that there's if that happens, Stevens won't even have to throw the ball. Uh, Tim Billings, I believe, is going to bring a lot of pressure, and it's going to be not so much penetrating the backfield, but corralling the outside and allowing the linebackers to step up because I think that's where I think that's where Southern Miss is vulnerable is on, is on the outside. I think they can. Uh, gash. So if there's if there's too much pressure up the middle, they can just bounce to the outside. Jim Morehead, great play caller. Uh, I, I think the most important thing is if you contain Hill a little bit and force Stevens into third and medium or third and long. And then I guess what Southern is hoping is through blitz packages and bringing people from just kind of every direction to force Stevens into some some uh, you know some mistakes. And if you can get I think the key to it, if if Southern wants to uh, to be in it in the third quarter, especially the late third quarter, I think one, maybe two first-half turnovers are going to be a necessity. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Going to be hot. I, if you know any USM fans coming to this game, tell them gold or white. Don't, don't wear black. <laughs> just don't do it. I'm not. 
it's not smart on this day. You got to dress and hydrate for God's sakes. Drink some water before you get there. Going to be a there's a there's an old story in, in 1999. It was actually on Labor Day. Tulane visited the Rock, and Tulane came out in all white, and it, it was a kickoff at 11 o'clock. I was there. I was in high school. It was about 100 degrees, and the humidity was about 90%. And Southern came out in all black. And Tulane said that when they saw USM in all black, they gave up before the game started because they said, we're dying in all white. How are they in all black? So, yeah, I don't <laughs> think anybody should wear black on, on Saturday regardless. I agree with you 100%. All right, Luke Johnson, you can catch him on the Eagle Hour at supertalk.fm anytime you want to hear a little bit more about the Golden Eagles. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks, Dad. Have a great day. All right, thanks to Luke for taking time out of the day. Another thing to consider, and we'll talk a lot more. We'll have a lot more preview tomorrow on when we do the three Ps, but like I said to Luke, when you're trying to get an upset, getting non, non-offensive touchdowns is a huge part of that. You know, I would be willing to say that when you look at any kind of upset, a lot of times, maybe three out of every four, that somebody got a pick six or a return. Someone had two returns for touchdowns on a – on Saturday against Alcorn. Going to be very important for MSU special teams to keep that in check. And, you know, special teams was a, was an issue last week for Mississippi State, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason the Cajuns were in the game was, you know, the ball bouncing on, on the punt off of, off of Torrey Dixon's leg and and the Cajuns getting the football at, what, the 15-yard line, I think. So And they had a 15-yard drive to score. So, yeah, I, I know that's not a, a return and that's not a – defensive touchdown per se but when you hand the other team the football at 15 yards away from the goal line that's pretty doggone good chance they're going to come away with at least three points there so uh even things like that yeah you have those are the things that state are is going to have to avoid to avoid an upset because look this may be a game where Southern's (laughs) defense is able to limit state you know it could be a a game where where tommy struggles a little bit because it is the first First time, you know, the stoutest defensive test state sees. So points may not come, you know, as generously or whatever the word is you want to use as you think that they might. So you can't afford to be handing any points over to Southern until, you know, you you see that you can move the football against them. So, yeah, you've got to really be on your P's and Q's, so to speak, and, and, and protect the football and not have balls bounce off your ankle. What a punt. If I said State's going to win this game, what's the lowest grade you could give State that they could still win? If State plays a C-plus game, could they win? Assuming Southern plays just a B game. I guess I'm kind of guarded after seeing how close last week got. But when you first said that, if State plays a C-plus, do they win? My first instinct is, I don't know. I uh, I, I think anything C or I, I think anything C plus or higher gets it done, but anything below that, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm questionable. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's I don't know. I just feel like Southern Miss is not a team that you can just show up at the game and State's definitely winning it. Now they're they're the better team. They should win it if they show up and they just play the average football, which I guess C plus would be. Yeah, they they should come away with the win. But if you show up and you you turn the ball over and you, you know, make wrong reads and you do stupid stuff and you don't tackle well and all those things kind of snowball on you, yeah, you could lose. I mean, I agree. you've seen in, in, in college football, and Moorhead pointed out in his press conference the other day, the first couple of weeks, how some of these 
teams from non you know power five schools and and teams in lower classifications are hanging with and upsetting teams left and right i i don't think that the talent gaps between some of these teams are as large as it used to be so uh that said you, you don't have quite as much margin for error as you used to so so yeah, I mean, I think State's got to, at the very least, play a C plus game to, to come out of this thing yeah, State, comfortably. State just has to be relatively clean in this game, and and they'll win. You know, they 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 you know they turn the ball over three four times, but, but I feel like the the way State would lose is the way you would lose to anybody: turnovers, mistakes, penalties, things of that nature. If State plays the same game it played last weekend, it probably wins even more comfortably than it did against Louisiana because I think. From an offensive standpoint, I don't think you can trust Southern to put up 28 points. And they're just they're just they're they're tough offensively. They they have some issues there. Defensively, they're very very good, but offensively, they're not. In fact, I'll be honest. If you combined ULL's defense offense with Southern's defense, you probably have a team that could challenge for a Group of Five, you know, bowl berth in, in the top of tier because they could go undefeated. But they have some issues on the, on either side. I think those two teams play each other. At some point this year, so that might be interesting to watch. I think Lafayette plays Liberty. They this play week, Liberty. We, we, I, I saw on Twitter, he will not do the hospital bed again. He's got to try to figure something else out. You know what I say? Just beam him straight on the jumbotron <laughs> if they have one down there. You know, if not, just go and get like a giant TV and just let him like they could do. Uh, so like like build a remote control thing and then like the TV has freezes head. And he just sort of paces the sideline like a robot. <laughs> it could be like, I don't know how much you watch Power Rangers back then. That's where I was going with that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Be like Zordon. Just have the yeah. have the head just floating. Yeah. Something like that. We can make it work. That's that's our next uh, <laughs> our next uh, uh, thing there. All right. Tomorrow's show is the three Ps. We will go for, much further in depth into Southern Mississippi, give you our playmaker and our prediction for this weekend's game. I'll go ahead and give you a teaser on a prediction, though. It's going to be freaking hot. Gosh, if you're listening man. to the show today, you need to be drinking water. And you're coming to the game, start drinking water. We were talking. Start Ty- drinking it right now. We were talking to Tyree Phillips yesterday. And talking said, to the sun. Said the said that the team started hydrating two or three days ago for this game. So, no kidding. If you're coming to this game, get some water and in don't, your system look, before you get I don't care what the ticket says. I don't know what it says, but I don't care. what. It, don't wear maroon. Wear white. Wear a light color. Do not subject yourself to any more heat than you have to. You know. But you above break, all else, drink a lot of water. Drink a ton game. of water. As much as you possibly can. All right, I'm, I'm, that's not even a joke. I'm, I'm like I'm trying to help people here. So God knows in the press box, I'm going to be double fisting waters the whole game. So, but we're in the shade. So we're in the shade. We have but that. It's not like it's, it's not like there's a there's an old Kiss album called Hot in the Shade. Yeah, it's the same thing. So. Sometimes it's even hotter in there because the air doesn't move; it just kind of sits. Right. So it kind of just festers. There you go. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow for Joel T. Coleman. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.